Good morning. We're continuing our series in Psalms called the Songs of Life. High schoolers, you guys are meeting, so find Michael and go have some tea. (laughs) We'll try and find someone who drinks coffee for you later. (laughs) As we've been looking through the Psalms, we've encountered just such a variety of emotion. And that's what songs do. I asked you in our 10-minute break, what was a favorite song that you had, a song that just... You know, you hear it on the radio and you just want to turn it up. Uh, do you guys have a favorite song right now? Anything? Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace. Wow. Okay, get all spiritual on us. Uh, what was that? I want. Okay. I I feel so bad now. Mine's radioactive by Imagine Dragons. Um, you guys are all spiritual. I should just step down and let you guys come up here. Uh, that, that, that's fine. I mean, it, the songs that touch your heart and stir you, it, to, you know, it could have been a Beatles song. It could have been, you know, uh, anything. Elvis. Yeah, it could have been Elvis. It, it, you know, music does that to us. It could be Chris Tomlin. It could be Casting Crowns, I know Corinne said. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of things that you hear that song and it just speaks to you. And you like it and you turn it up. And music is meant to do that. And as we've been going through this series, we've seen that these songs just are really able to frame certain points of life, whether it's through David or Asaph. And today we're in the last Psalm, Psalm 89 of the third book. And so remember, these Psalms, 73 to 89, were written by Asaph and others. They were compiled together and put in this small book. And so we're going to be looking at Psalm 89 this morning. We're going to just cover the first 15 verses, starting at verse 1. I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. With my mouth, I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. I will declare that your love stands firm forever, that you have established your faithfulness in heaven itself. You said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David, my servant. I will establish your line forever and make your throne firm through all generations. The heavens praise your wonders, Lord, your faithfulness too in the assembly of the holy ones. For who in the skies above can compare with the Lord? Who is like the Lord among the heavenly beings? In the council of the holy ones, God is greatly feared. He is more awesome than all who surround him. Who is like you, Lord God Almighty? You, Lord, are mighty, and your faithfulness surrounds you. You rule over the surging seas. When its waves mount up, you still them. You crushed Rahab like one of the slain. With your strong arm, you scattered your enemies. The heavens are yours, and yours also the earth. You founded the world and all that is in it. You created the north and the south. Tabor and Hermon, sing for joy at your name. Your arm is endowed with power. 
Your hand is strong. Your right hand exalted. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Love and faithfulness go before you. Blessed are those who have learned to acclaim you, who walk in the light of your presence, Lord. What a powerful psalm. What what great words. What encouraging words. And it, it might interest you to know, and it might seem a little strange that this psalm is actually what they call a covenant song. It's a a song that's proclaiming to God the covenant that he made with his people, specifically here with David. And, And this is a song that is sung at a time of distress. But if I didn't tell you that, you probably wouldn't have gotten that from the song. If you hear these words, you might think, oh, this is great. They're happy. They're, they're excited about what's going on. But it's actually a song that is birthed through that time of difficulty. And, and as I was thinking, well, what, what do I want to share of all these psalms? Because I was actually going to do Psalm 84, because that's one of my favorites. And that's just a, a wonderful and happy song. But then I thought... Psalm 89, there's just something here that that we need to get hold of. There's a truth that this psalm is proclaiming that I think is really important that we understand. And you see, what's important about this song is what it does to us in spite of where we are. How this song is meant to get us to a place of remembrance and recognition when everything around us doesn't look like what this psalm is declaring. It's able to set your spirit free. You'll start tapping your foot. You'll you'll turn it up. You'll get lost in this song and forget the traffic that's on the 10 freeway. You'll hear this song and you'll... Forget the bills that are waiting at home. You'll hear this song and all those things that might be weighing on you get lost because of what is taking place. And as the psalmist starts off, he starts off with his own personal declaration, I will sing. This is what I'm going to do. I will sing, what is he going to sing of? The Lord's great love forever. I'm going to sing of God's great love forever. Can you join in that song where you're at right now, today? Or do you you feel like in order to sing of the Lord's great love forever... I have to be in a good place. I have to physically be healthy. Things have to be going well with my kids or my job or my finances or my car or whatever the things are. Things, if, if I'm going to sing of God's great love, is it dependent on your circumstances or is this in spite of everything? Because the circumstances seem to just be out of the question here. It's not even in the psalmist's mind. And as he declares these things, 
He is going to do this. He's going to make with his mouth known the faithfulness known through all generations. I will declare. I like that word, declare. I declare that your love stands firm forever. This is his opportunity to declare, to sing about his unfailing love and that this love stands forever. You see, some of you here this morning, you need to sing that the Lord's love stands firm forever. Some of you here this morning need to recognize that. Gloria, you need to recognize that. And this is your responsibility that you can declare this truth. This is given to you. Now, this is your responsibility, but it's in response to what God has already done. And so as he's singing this, he says, I will declare, and you established your love, it stands firm forever, that you've established your faithfulness in heaven itself. And then he goes, you said. You see, I'm going to declare. Why am I going to declare this? Because God, you said this. What did you say? You said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David, my servant. I will establish your line forever and make your throne firm through all generations. You see, the reason I will sing, the reason that I will declare is because you have said and because you have done. I am not just singing blindly. My song is in a response to your actions. And God, because of what you have done, I can now sing. But you see, some of us here don't believe that. Some of us here get lost into this understanding where I don't know if God is really for me. I I think God is mad at me. God doesn't love me because you know what I did? I don't need to know what you did. I I can guess. I could have told you you were going to fail. You're going to fail tomorrow. I'm just warning you. Okay, I'm just giving you a heads up. So when it happens, you could say, well, that's Sam, he's a prophet. No, I, I just, I know it because I know you and I know myself. And, and I know our frailty. You see, God's promise is made to David. This covenant is made to David. You know who David is? Oh, yeah, he's the king of Israel. Yeah, but do you know what David did? Well, he slew Goliath. Yeah, he he did other things, too. There's that whole Bathsheba thing. You see, God's covenant isn't based on David's faithfulness. It's based on God's. Turn with me to 2 Samuel chapter 7. It's kind of fun. We're in Samuel on Thursdays. We're in 1 Samuel. We'll get to 2 Samuel eventually. 2 Samuel chapter 7. 
verses 12 through 16. When your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who I will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father and he will be my son. When he does wrong, I will punish him with a rod wielded by men, with floggings inflicted by human hands, but my love will will never be taken away from him, as I took it away from Saul, whom I removed from before you. Your house, speaking to David, and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. God is making a covenant with David. What's a covenant? It's more than an agreement. It's a contract. It's a bond between the two. You know, when I I train, I'll have a contract and I'll go through this contract. And what the contract is saying is you're responsible for this and I'm responsible for this. God makes a covenant and he says, I am going to be responsible to see that someone from your lineage is on the throne forever. And it's prophetically speaking of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to make sure that it happens. What we don't see in this contract that God is making with, if you blow it, I'm done. No, he says, I will discipline you. I will correct you, but I will see it through. And so this covenant, this contract is really God taking responsibility to make sure that his work is accomplished and he'll do what he has to in our lives to see that this truth comes to bear. And so we have this, you know, you ever make a good deal? You know, maybe you bought something on Craigslist. You know, you bought a bike and it's a thousand dollar bike. I know you guys, some of you guys are into bike riding, so I'm trying to be applicable here. And so you buy a $1,000 bike. It's a giant. Is that one of the bikes? A giant. I get a hand clap for real bikes. Okay. It's a giant. And it's worth $1,000, but you pick it up for 300 bucks. And you're like, yes, I scored. You got a good deal. The, the deal went in your favor. Well, you guys, this deal is in our favor. God wants to make an agreement with you. What are you going to give him? What what, what are you going to give God that he's going to say, oh boy, look what I get. What do you have to offer to him? But he wants to make a deal. He wants to bond this agreement with you. And so what does he bring to the table? What has he brought to the table? He says, I love you with an everlasting love. I am going to demonstrate this love for you and that I will die on a cross and give my life for you. I, I will also raise from the dead and I will send my spirit to 
comfort you and to be with you and to guide you in all truth. I'm going to give you these things. And and the work that I've begun in you, I'm going to see it through to its completion. That's what I'm going to do for you. You see, that's why the psalmist is singing. That's why the psalmist is declaring, because he's recognizing God has made an agreement with me. Did you hear that? God, the one who's eternal, the one whose power is able to control the seas, the one who is greater than the heavens. The heavens just talk about his glory. That God has made an agreement in my favor. What's your response? Well, I don't know if he loves me. Oh my gosh! (coughs) Wake up! Do you see? You see, what needs to happen in some of our souls is we need to be shaken to the reality of what God has done for you. And you need to have this foundation. Your your life needs to be built on a truth, on a declaration of what God has done for you so that you can then be responsive to what you can do for him. So that you can now be part of this and not just sit back. Verse 5, the heavens praise your wonders, Lord, your faithfulness too in the assembly of the holy ones. For who in the skies can compare with you, Lord? God, this is your majesty. And then in verse 14, as we come to this portion, he says, righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Okay, this is what you are building on. This is the character of who you are. Righteousness, faithfulness. That's the foundation. Justice, love, and faithfulness go before you. Love and faithfulness go before you. Blessed is the person who learned to acclaim you, who walks in the light of your presence. What's God's presence? It's love and faithfulness. Blessed is the person who will acclaim, give account for God's work and what he has done. And in his presence, recognizing his righteousness, his justice, his love, his faithfulness, and live there. It's sad, but maybe it's because of you know my position being in this kind of pastoral role that I talk to a lot of people about what's going on in their lives. And a lot of times it, there's... Christians can complain a lot. Just telling you, it really does happen. We can complain a lot about, you know, what God hasn't done for me. And, you know, things are like this, and I, man, you don't know how bad things are. And, and there's just this kind of cloud covering so many people who have this faith in, in, in God. And, 
And I know that I can get that way too. I'm not just blaming you. It's the Thursday night group. They're the ones who I have to always talk. (laughs) Some of you are there. Uh, But we can get to a place where our lives are just living with the lack of recognition of all that God has done. And you see, what keeps you in the faith? What keeps you wanting to follow after God and live a life that honors Him? What's going to hold you when things are difficult? And there has to be a recognition of what he's done already. You see, I, I, I know where I came from. I didn't grow up in church. And my life was pretty messed up. And so when I became a follower of Jesus, it was like I found the golden ticket. It's like, oh my gosh. Really? God likes me? No, he doesn't like you. He he loves you. Really? He loves me? And I was just overwhelmed. Felt the same way when my wife liked me. Like, really? She likes me? It was because I played guitar at the time. I was like, no way. She's gorgeous. She likes me? I just have to walk around with a guitar. It gives your appearance added 30%. And when there was that recognition, she really likes me. Oh man, my heart skipped a beat. The same thing happened to me when I recognized God loved me. And I didn't do anything to earn that love. It was his choosing. See, God is the one who made the covenant with David. And that covenant goes on through Jesus Christ. And that covenant now belongs to those who put their faith in Christ. That we have a God who loves you and is faithful and is just. And his love and faithfulness are going before you. And that's what you build your life on. That's what you sing in response to. That's what you declare. Not that things are going good. Oh, man, the weather is... It's a bit cold today. You know, it's in the 60s. Oh, my gosh. California spoiled people. You know, oh, it's a good day. The, The gas tank is full. My stomach's full. No, we, we sing because God has declared that he is going to be faithful to you to see you through. And that's why you sing. That's why you declare. It's a response to what he has done. And if we can't see that, then we need to remember that agreement we made. 
And it's more than that bike on Craigslist. Oh, I'm going to take that bike. Okay, well, it's going to cost you $300. Oh, I don't know if I want to. It's a $1,000 bike. It's going to cost you $300. I don't know if I want to. Well, this is so much better than that. that that's a, I feel bad now. My analogy is way short. It should have been a Ferrari and, and, and $100. No, it shouldn't. It should have been... It can't be anything else. There's nothing that compares. There, there's no equivalent. And that's what we need to understand. That God has made an agreement with us through His Son, Jesus Christ. And we get to be a part of that. We get to respond to that. And that's why the psalmist is declaring this. That's why he says, Blessed are those who have learned to acclaim you. You see, you have to learn to do this. How do you learn? Well, you recognize the truth and you respond to it. You, you learn the words to that song and then when it comes on, you start singing it. You learn and you respond. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8. And understand, these words belong to you. Starting at verse 31. What then shall we say in response to, to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? That's you. That's me. If we've made him our declaration of faith. It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No man. No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to the slaughter. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. God has made a covenant and there is nothing that can break that covenant. If you will step into it, nothing can separate you from the love of God that has been displayed through the person of Jesus Christ. That is what we build our lives on. That is what we sing about. That is what we declare. That is what we have hope in. That is why this song can be written in the midst of the tribulation in the midst of turmoil because nothing has changed nothing has changed who i am belongs to him he loves me it's never going to change 
Whoo! <laughs> you, you want to sing because that is the truth of your soul. And we need to be able to celebrate that. We need to be able to smile. My wife always tells me, you need to smile more. I'm smiling. Because life is a gift from God. And He loves you. And His love is agreement that he made with you that will not go away. And you can bank on it every morning you wake up and every night you go to sleep and every moment in between. You have this hope. You have this assurance as you believe in him. What's my part of the, the covenant? That was it. Believe, trust in Him. Trust Him for your life. Trust Him for your failures, your sin. Trust Him to cover the cost. Trust Him to change who you are by the work of His Spirit within you. Trust Him for everything. Well, I don't know if I could trust Him. Look what He's done for you. Give Him the 300 bucks. It's worth every penny. Give him what you have because he is at work. My son, a while back, came home and he was talking to me. He said he was walking, going to the store, and someone he had known came up to him and started talking to him. person he'd known from church and as he started talking to my son he started basically grilling him asking him about you know so have you and he started listing off these things so have you lied he's like i haven't seen you in all this time you're gonna ask me i lied i guess so you know when you ever you do something good you're actually doing it for selfish reasons and he's like huh what are you talking about And this guy was just so adamant on trying to point out his failures and that everything that he does is just selfish and self-centered, that whenever he he lies, he's a liar, and that, you know, he's a blasphemer because he uses the Lord's name in vain. If he ever thinks of a woman, you know, he's committing adultery, and it's like, hi, it's good to see you too, you know. And this guy went on to say that everyone who ever does anything good does it for selfish reasons. And I remember him saying to me, you know, that just doesn't seem right. And it's not. You see, I know of even just young kids, a young girl who wanted her birthday to be a way to raise money to give wells uh, that would go towards Africa. Even uh, now a young girl, Amy Thompson's daughter, it shaved her head for cancer. And I see those things and it just makes me smile because there's a, an act of love to try and be generous. But this person, all they could do is see an opportunity to try and put people down and see them as you, you know, you've got to recognize your 
in a bad way. You've you got to recognize you're a sin, sinner. I, I, let me tell you this. If you don't know you're a sinner, I don't know what to tell you. Okay? It should be obvious by now. I, you don't need me to tell you that you're a sinner. If you don't know that, wake up, you know? I mean, it doesn't take a lot to make that known. You're probably very aware of that. What you do need to know is that God does not hold that against you and that Jesus has taken care of that and now you are free to love and to live. Go, do it. I'm done. I don't need to say anything more. It's already been said. It's already been done. I don't need to hammer you about what you need to get rid of in your life. You see, we spend so much energy focusing on all the things we need to get rid of, and you don't realize that what you do need to do, instead of getting rid of all that stuff, try singing. Try declaring how good God is to you. Try living in the presence of his love and his faithfulness. Try responding to what he has already done. The agreement that he's made, you are now living in that light. So even when there is the bondage, even when the nation is under attack, you can proclaim, you can declare, you can sing, God is faithful. He made a covenant with David and his generation, and that now is me. If God is for me, who can be against me? What can separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus? Nothing. Nothing. So what are we going to do about it? Let's sing. Let's declare. Let's live lives that are in response to this amazing love so that someone looks at us and says, wow, you love because you're loved. Let's respond to such a great love. Let's pray. Lord, I'm almost embarrassed that this really isn't profound. But then usually the simple things aren't. But they also are. Lord, what's profound is that you love us. What's profound is that you've made an agreement with us. Lord, that's amazing. And yet it's so simple. And Lord, I, I pray that the simplicity of this truth would propel us forward. Lord, that we'd stop living lives that are in a bondage of guilt, in a bondage of sorrow and despair. That we would actually live lives in the freedom that you have purchased for us. That instead of trying to, to get rid of things, Lord, that we would just try and get more of you. That we would draw closer to you, Lord. And as we draw near to you, Lord, we will see that our desires will change. 
that our lives will change. That when we taste and see that you are good, that there is nothing else that will satisfy. And what we will desire more and more is more of you. Lord, what has held me all these years that I said yes to you is that no one else has words that speak life to my soul. No one else saved me from where I was. No one else cares for me like you do. And God, what I want is more of you. And what I want is to declare your faithfulness. I want to sing of your goodness, of your everlasting love. Lord, may our lives be a response to what you have done. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.